It is a great day for talk radio. Here we go, hour two, which means our panel will be joining us shortly. Dan Moulton, Peter Tabbins, and Anthony Fury. Anthony had an interesting piece in the Post this afternoon is when he filed it, actually. The Liberals are considering considering giving the Trans Mountain Pipeline to the First Nations, basically handing it over as a gift. We bought it for $4.5 billion, and I think there are no takers, and so uh, let's just give it, uh, and they'll be the takers. The natives our indigenous people who were trying to, in some cases, uh, kill the project, will now be gifted the project. That's a pretty interesting way to do business. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, I guess piece by piece they'll get the land back that uh, they feel was stolen from them in the first place. You know, just uh, put up enough hoops and hurdles and roadblocks to any kind of mega projects and developments and ultimately the government, certainly this one of Justin Trudeau, will decide, uh, here's how we get around this thing, we'll gift it to you. Didn't they learn from Dalton McGiddy? I guess that's what happened in Caledonia effectively as well. Province bought that uh, Douglas estate site and decided to hand it over to the natives. You know, get himself out of the pickle. That's that's how I got my house. I stopped the original owners from getting inside. Eventually, they just gave it to me. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, in the UK, I believe, in uh, England anyway, that's sort of squatter's rights. <laughs> you, uh, If you're on a property for something like two years, you can call it ownership. Yeah, potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll find out from Anthony specifically what this involves. He did the research on it, so uh, I'm not going to sit here and steal his thunder, but I found it uh, fascinating angle on things where uh the liberals decided that this might just be the best now they're they're saying it would be put in a trust does that mean we would reap some of the royalties or benefits from that kind of a a partnership with native communities some of whom supported it and others who didn't so how come then the ones who didn't would suddenly become beneficiaries where the ones who supported it would be no better off <laughs> it's hey that's the way we run things here in the uh, peaceful kingdom. Now, when it comes to property values, you know, everybody's watching with keen interest where the market is going insofar as their own real estate. And uh, we do have the latest report. I guess uh, Moody's came out with uh, some kind of a report on real estate values in and around the GTHA. Tom Story is weighing in. He's a sales rep with Royal LePage Signature Realty, and he can clarify some of these points for us. Tom, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back on. All right. My understanding is that uh, most Ontario cities, and that includes Toronto, are uh, significantly overvalued still. Well, that's been the conversation lately. Uh, the Moody's projection was based on, originally they said in the next five years, they looked at, you know, the average Canadian property would go up 3% a year. Now they brought that down to 1.5%. They've changed their projection. And essentially they're looking at it essentially based on, you know, NAFTA and everything happening with that. It's looking like we're going to have another rate increase before the end of the year where it's just going to be more expensive to borrow money, and hence property values are not going to go up the way that we had seen in the past. All right, and so that's going to impact uh, house or property values in and around the GTA. How about uh, median family income growth? Is that going to stay uh, keep a pace, or uh, how's that going to work? Well, how, what I look at is when, when people are buying properties, because the argument is always, well, if this is the average income and this is the average property type, um, how are, going, how are people going to keep up? And one of the reports that came out recently said that in Toronto, to buy the average property, it's six times greater than what the average income is. So it's really hard for the first-time home buyers because they're the ones that don't already have equity in a property. 
But for the people that are trade-up buyers that have built equity and appreciation over time, they're still going to be in a pretty good position. But with the new stress test, with the new rate hikes, it's just harder to get into the market. Once you're in, you're probably going to be okay. But uh, it's the people that are on the sidelines waiting and waiting that are probably going to be in a tough situation if things continue the way that we've seen them. Well, a lot of people waiting on the sidelines for a house price correction. Uh, Moody says that's not going to happen. No, I mean, anyone that looks to the future and says they know exactly what's going to happen is lying. Um, but what we can do is we can, we can track what's happened in the past. We can look at the main indicators of, of what runs a fundamental real estate market, which would be interest rates. We know they're going to go up, so that will have a bit of an impact. We just look at sheer population, immigration coming into an area, and not just from outside Canada, but interprovincial immigration as well. Lots of people are moving from Calgary to Toronto, Vancouver to Calgary, things like that. And then you break it down. The third one would be unemployment. So if those are the three pillars that we know move the market, um, I would be paying very close attention to them to understand what could happen into the future. There's a projection that interest rates are going to rise so that uh, mortgages will be around 6%, I guess, on average by 2020. What do you hear? What do you know? Uh, I would be surprised if they got to 6%. I think if anyone pulls up a chart historically and looks at interest rates, um, 6% would still historically probably be on par with the average. However, prices are obviously significantly higher than they used to be. I think if the Bank of Canada is going to move the interest rates up to 6% by, by that time frame, they're going to do it slowly and be very careful because they don't want to start some type of downturn by you know, turning things up too quickly. Yeah, uh, let me just correct. It's not the Bank of Canada's interest rate per se, but that's mortgages uh, might be going a five-year at oh, 6%. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, absolutely. So yeah, if the average person taking mortgage is at 6%, that's still significantly higher than it is today where, you know, your conventional five-year fix, you can get a 3.74. Right, uh, which might also impact affordability and so on and so forth. The, these are the stress tests that are built into the equation or baked into the pie, as they say. found it interesting that while Toronto was overpriced to the tune of 51%, uh, it was 53% in May, so it has come down slightly. Others that have come down even more sharply are places like Barrie, Guelph, and Brantford. Why is that? I think you look, well, for markets like that, where you would think things would be more affordable based on comparing it always to the core of the city. But I think there's just, there, the reason why they've come down is because there's more land there, there's more homes available, and just the sheer inventory level is higher. So within the industry, the way that, the best way that we can track the, the market is a term that we call months of inventory. And it's not written about in the media a lot, but essentially what we're doing is on a monthly basis, we're looking at how many active listings there is in a certain pocket and dividing that by how many sales and anything under the number three would be a seller's market from four to six is a is a balanced market and six plus is a is a buyer's market so right now for the gta based on the stats that came out today we're sitting at exactly three months so that means every month out of every three homes listed one is going to sell in a 30 to 31 day period so when you look at markets outside where their inventory levels are are above six that's why prices will be coming down slightly. Right. And again, that's Barry Guelph and Brantford. But in the uh, macro picture of things across the country, Vancouver continues to be the most overvalued, but uh, it's cooled off somewhat. Edmonton is the most undervalued metro area in the country by about 20%. Montreal's market's undervalued, but by less than 4%. Uh, it was good if you can get into Montreal or you wanted to do that. Uh, but that's starting to level off as well. And I guess prices are rising there too, is it? 
Absolutely. You know what? Toronto's the second hottest market in Canada right now. Ottawa is actually number one, just based on sheer uh, supply and demand, and Montreal is number three. So, you know, those are markets that you could look at a few things. You could say, well, maybe because in the in the markets like Toronto and Vancouver, there's now the foreign buyer tax. Is some of that money now looking to Ottawa and Montreal? And is that why parts of their markets have gone up, where parts of Toronto and Vancouver have decreased over that time period? I mean, it's hard to know exactly, but that would be one of the indicators that we would look at. And uh, finally, which is the asset class in real estate that's really uh, gone up? uh, Conversely, which has uh, gone down? Because I know over the summer months, condos had spiked year over year. And uh, I guess detached homes were still relatively, uh, you know, nicely priced or, you know, for folks who have them as an asset, uh, they were happy to see they were uh, doing better than just maintaining status quo. But the condos were really burning up the market there for a while. Absolutely. I mean, year over year, condos in the GTA are up 10%. So, so they're still seeing significant growth, and it basically com- comes down to affordability. The, the average buyer in, in today's market is between 32 and 36 years old. And based on their average salary, what they can afford is the condo. When you look at the condo market, you have the first-time home buyers, You have the typical downsizers that are buying you know, larger condos that are maybe slightly older. And then you have the luxury market. So you have three tiers going into that market all at once, which is pulling it up. It's actually interesting. I, I looked at from the beginning of 2017, if you, took, if you looked at the price gap from your typical condo to your typical detached property, at the height of the market in April last year, when things were going absolutely crazy, there was over a $700,000 difference. Hmm. Today, it's closer to 500000 wow. So if, if I'm somebody that owns a condo and I want to trade up to a semi or detached, there has never been an opportunity in the past two years that is better than today. Really? Uh, you can leverage that uh, condo that you bought as an entry-level kind of a, a thing. So if you bought three uh, $350,000 condo about five years ago, you probably doubled your money. Absolutely. I actually just helped a client where, you know, about six years ago, she spent around four and we were able to sell it closer to seven and she moved up to a, to a detached property and it's funny when you look at the equity that was built over that time period and what she paid down in the mortgage, her monthly carrying costs are actually the exact same in a much larger property because the freehold property doesn't have condo fees. Wow. And so uh, can that trajectory be sustained or has that leveled off? No, I think as that number gets too close, I think there'll be t- become a time when people look at it and say, oh, why am I buying this condo now when I could just buy that townhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Or that semi-attached property. There, there will become a point where they're going to get too close. Um, I don't think we're quite there because the gap is still a lot of money. We're still talking from condo to detach over $500,000. It's still big, but percentage-wise, where it was to where it is today has come down big time. Speaking of big time, my understanding is these uh, properties that are like $4 million plus, uh they're doing quite nicely here in the GTA in Toronto specifically. There's a, a real hot market for those properties. Not that anybody here in the realm of my voice, I guess, are, uh, is, is really considering this, but uh, what's going on with that? Well, listen, stress tests, mortgage rates aren't going to have a huge difference on anyone spending that amount of money on a property, right? Mm. So the fundamentals of what they're looking to buy, what they're willing to spend um, in that type of luxury market isn't really affected by government intervention. So I think just just based on that and that, I mean, those homes historically have still taken a long time to sell because your pool of buyers is significantly smaller, right? It's 
it's a very specific type of person willing to spend that much money. Mm -hmm. Um, But those homes are still doing well because the economic factors aren't really part of the decision-making if you have that much money to play with. (laughs) True. All right. Uh, That clarifies that point for me, as well as the others, too. And I always appreciate, you know, uh, periodically we update the file when it comes to real estate. As I said, you know, the asset class for some is their biggest nut. And so uh, it's good to keep a pace. Tom, thanks for helping us in that regard. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. You got it. Tom Story is a sales rep with Royal LePage Signature Realty. As I mentioned at the outset, uh, there's another land flip, I guess, about to happen. If uh, Anthony Fury's piece in the Post is any indication, this Kinder Morgan pipeline might just be given to indigenous groups, uh, some of whom wanted to stall this thing and see it planted in a watery grave. Uh, So what's that all about? Well, we'll find out in moments. He's with our panel. Topics worthy of discussion up next here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.